Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have my friend Raina Pomeroy joining us. Raina is first and foremost a podcaster. If you haven't heard her over on the Creative Empire podcast, you are missing out. And she has a second podcast, the Fueled with Heart podcast to educate entrepreneurs. Raina is also the founder of Raina & Co., the life and business success coaching practice for creatives who are right-brained and heart-centered. She helps clients stop spinning their wheels and take action on what's most important so they can become the go-to expert in their industry. She's a coach, speaker, educator, and author of The Big Plan for the Creative Mind. You won't want to miss this episode. Raina is a bundle of joy, and her branding just reminds me of a rainbow. Her personality reminds me of a rainbow. She's just that fun. I love this conversation, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So let's get to it. Hey, Raina. Hey, Kelsey. How are you? Great. I am so so glad to have you on. It's been a long time coming. I know we've been in a group together for a while now. I would love for you to kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us your story. We want to hear, you know, the full gamut, how you got started, what you're doing today, what is the why behind what you do. We are excited to get to know you. Awesome. So thank you so much for having me on the show. My name is Raina Pomeroy and I run Raina & Co, which is life and business success coaching practice for creatives. And I say that my people are right-brained and heart-centered. So people who are very giving, they are super creative. And I typically say they have about 25 tabs open on their Chrome and in their brains. And they're always starting projects. And those are my people. I love supporting them and getting to the next level, whatever that, that means for their business and to really listen to themselves rather than listening to kind of the status quo of the, the marketing and business strategy world. And so I get to help people take whatever they're doing and figure out what the next big step is and to whether it's breaking it down or breaking down their the barriers in their mindset to be able to take big action. And I actually started as a social worker. So my training is in psychology and in social work. So I was licensed for a while and doing that and working in foster care and trauma care is pretty exhausting. <laughs> and I burnt out relatively quickly and I wanted a creative outlet and started instead of, you know, like taking a painting class or a ceramics class or whatever, I decided to start my own wedding planning business because that's what you do, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> serial entrepreneur status here. So I started a wedding planning business, which was absolutely fantastic. It used my logistical brain. It used my creative brain. And it was just such a fun fun thing. And I did it as a side hustle and for, for a couple years, I think it was three and a half years ish that I did it as a side hustle and loved my clients. But what I loved even more than the planning and my clients was the actual vendors that I got to work with. So the florists, the photographers, the other planners in our industry, and to get to collaborate with them or just realize that 
being a creative could be a full-time thing. And I kept having conversations around how I can help people with their business and, oh, how are you doing this thing and that thing? And it really turned out to be one of those things of a combination of two things. So one is to just listen to people and talking to people. Um, Kelsey, before you started, you said that you were an intuitive interviewer. And I feel like I'm an intuitive person as well in terms of my coaching and just listening to people deeply is something that I'm super passionate about. So that was one part of it. And also the second part is to do some of the business strategy and the logistical things and the systematizing and operationalizing people's businesses is something that I am super passionate about doing. And so combining those two things now, I get to work with those creatives. I call our dreamy clients visionary Jordans. So I get to work with our visionary Jordans to really hone in on what is next, what they want, and to make sure that they're aligned with the things that they say they want in their lives and doing those things to move them forward in their businesses. Wow. Well, you know what? I'm your ideal customer because I am the person with 25 tabs open on my computer (laughs) at all times. I think you just described me. So you are speaking my language. One thing I immediately thought was, okay, are you the person with 25 tabs or are you the person who brings organization to the crazy? So I am the person who can sometimes tend to be in the 25 tabs, but try to be in like the five tab (laughs) area. Um, So generally I am a great project planner and an executor. And I I think that one of my biggest strengths is to be able to combine my ability to listen and say, okay, this is something that's happening in your life right now. And this is not a project that you need to take on. And the other part, which is, okay, it's time to get to work. These are the five things you need to get done. So I'm a great accountability buddy. I have a coaching service for my past clients called Coach on Call. And I get to like basically be their accountability buddy coaching on call um, through Voxer and other means. And so it's fun to be able to know people's businesses really intimately that way so that I can give more strategic kind of accountability. Oh, I love that. That's a wonderful offer to just have you there kind of in their back pocket at all times. Exactly. One thing I kind of heard you say was that you you help people kind of get past the chatter online, which I can be, I, I love to get on the soapbox of, you know, we have so many marketing messages coming our way telling us, this is how it's done. This is how you should do it. But I found in my own journey that that implementing all the things that all of these marketing messages tell me to do and and doing that in their expression, I realized, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this isn't even my style. Scarcity is not even my language. Abundance is. That's one area. Working 80-hour weeks, that may work for other, some people, but I don't want to sleep four hours a night. I want to live mm-hmm. with margin. So what has been a common thread you see in working with people and helping them to say, hey, this might not be my expression. This might not be my way. Because I think in the online business world, we can can think there's only one way to do it. And we kind of reach burnout before we realize, oh, there's another way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is something that I'm super passionate about. And I'm actually not sure when this is going live, but in the next few months, we're going to be launching a brand new program called the Sunshine Squad. And it's a community membership program around helping people understand, combine two things. One is the business strategy, best practices with your personality, with your reality, and to understand why things that people, other people have suggested to you haven't worked and how do you that business strategy to your benefit in your life. And I'm so excited to roll this out because I think that people have been told to tamper 
their personal, you know, way of being down and to focus more on what other people are telling them to do. Oh, we're the same person. Okay. So you got to <laughs> tell me what, what your favorite system for personality typing is because I love them all, but my uh, drug of choice is the Enneagram. And we're, I was just about to say, I was guessing it was going to be Enneagram for you. <laughs> we're covering that in my dream to done program because it's been really transformative for me. And I don't, I don't know how much, how familiar you are with the Enneagram, but I'm a seven. And so, which is why your branding is like my favorite ever. It's happy. <laughs> but you know, for me as a seven business information tells me to run a business like a one, a three or an eight. And I am not that. And I've tried to build a business as a one and I hated my life. Yeah. Love my best friends who are ones. I do not want to operate like them. Yeah. And I, I thought that was the only way. So I would love for you to A, tell us what your drug of choice is and B, just expand upon this a little bit more because I, this is my sweet spot, girl. Yeah. So I think that, so first of all, I love the Enneagram. I love MBTI. Uh, one of the things that people often talk about with the MBTI is whether they're intuitive or not. Right. And yeah, it's, that isn't my most favorite one. I know that introvert extroversion is something that's easy to kind of identify, but the, the last letter is actually the most interesting to me. If you're a, I'm an ENFJ and a lot of people are ENFPs or INFPs and the P or the J is a big difference to me. So the P's are my dreamies. They are the people who have all of the choices. They want all of the options instead of, you know, deciding and getting things done. And it's interesting to me that my dreamies are the ones who often start a lot of projects. They're the visionaries. They want to see all the choices and, you know, getting to, they, they can't understand why they couldn't get things done. And so it's interesting to me that like, once I start to understand personality types, how people tick, and it's not always perfect, obviously, typing is a lot, of, there's a lot of human error involved. But what I love about it is that we can start to understand ourselves a little bit better and to understand why the strategies that are out there in the world don't necessarily work for us. And so Enneagram is the same way. I'm a, a strong Enneagram two, which is like the helper, the lover, right? And my personality type lends itself to this heart-centered approach that I often talk about. So those are my two favorites. I also love like love languages and translating that into business as well. I do too. Ooh, okay. So my love language is quality time. And I think maybe words of affirmation would be after that or uh, definitely in business. <laughs> maybe it's not yeah. as much in marriage. Um, I, I love words of affirmation, but they're, you know, I tend to use them with like in, with my team more than needing them from my husband or something. I would love to kind of hear you ex to share about like how you see that translating into business and what would, what would that mean for me as like a case study? Yeah. So in terms of, it, it has different manifestations for me. It's like how I ask for support is usually words of affirmation type things, or, you know, if you think of me, please do X, Y, and Z kind of things. So for me, like I, my big words of affirmation and gifts are like my top two. Um, and it's just how I ask for support usually. And it translates into how I support my team members, depending on what their love language 
coaches or my clients. Sometimes they're totally not gifts people. So they don't really care about the gifts that I send them, but they do care about me sending them postcards or, you know, I thought of you when I saw this kind of thing. So it's just one of those things that if you know them, it just gives you a leg up, right? Yeah. It's to be thought of. And so love languages can give you that extra oomph in your client experience. Man, I love this. And would you say that your background with psychology totally covered, you know, this psychological approach or sorry, totally contributed to this psychological approach you're taking with building out businesses based on personality? That's an interesting question. I didn't really think of it that way when I was building it out, but I think it's just in my personality and I self-correct to that, right? Just because I am a self-aware person or I try to be, and my dreamies are also people who like to journal or they think they like to journal. So they have like a whole bunch of journals, but they don't actually do them. (laughs) So it's just that kind of personality type. And like, I am the kind of person who is prone to people watching or prone to kind of seeing the patterns in our behaviors. And so this is the kind of thing that really gets me going. I get really excited when I can tailor and personalize the experience for somebody. And so, yeah, I think that it just, my personality kind of lends itself to this type of thinking. Well, I truly love that. And your program sounds fantastic. Like what a gift to humanity. So tell us about, you know, tell us about your program that you've got coming up and all of the projects you're working on. And then I would also love to hear about your podcast. You have two, right? I have two podcasts. Yeah. I forgot to mention that in the intro. So some of the the projects that I've been working on in 2018 have been really important because they are our flagship programs. So I have three core offers. One is our one-on-one and the second being our profit and surf program. It's a group uh, program that's 16 weeks long and it really lays the foundation or reinforces the business that you have. So I have people who are in year one of their business. I have people who are in year seven of their business. So it's fun to be able to help people at different points in their business really go through a foundational program. If they've been throwing spaghetti at the wall, this will bring them back to center and remind them why they're in their business and how to see more progress, how to see more alignment in the work that they're doing. And it takes them through sustainability, heart and core. It takes them through their sparkle factor and being able to articulate what's most important about them and their like language, all of that. We talk about profitability, which is a little bit of a struggle for dreamy sometimes because we get hung up on this conversation of I'm not good at money. Um, We also talk about visibility strategies and how to get in front of other people when it's a little bit scary. We also talk about goals and focus. So it's just a a well-rounded entrepreneur program. And it's not just marketing, which I think a lot of business programs now are becoming. So really excited about that. We're getting some amazing testimonials from our dreamies from that program. And we'll be launching it a couple times next year. And the last thing that I just mentioned, our third program is Sunshine Squad, which is going to be launching in the fall. So really jazzed about it. That I mean, everything you're releasing into the world is so fascinating to me. Like I, I would probably consider myself a, a dreamy because I'm an ENFP. Uh, I'm pretty sure at least I'm not as familiar with Myers-Briggs, but I, I truly like every single program that you've uh, discussed has really spoken my language. So I love what you're doing. I would love for you to kind of share about your two different podcasts and kind of how they differentiate from one another, what you're doing over there. I'm sure it's so much fun interviewing all the guests you bring on. You truly do provide such great resources for your listeners. 
Thank you. So like you mentioned, I do have two podcasts. So one is called the Creative Empire Podcast. And for about two and a half years at this point, we have about 250 episodes in the bank. I think we've released around 200. So we've done a lot of work on that. We've interviewed a lot of creative type and all different kinds of entrepreneurs in their creative journey. We also do some mentoring sessions on there. And Christina and I like to bounce ideas between each other to get some new ideas going. So Christina and I, we co-host that podcast. And it's cool because she is a totally different brain than I am. And she's an attorney, which makes it super fun. Like the attorney and the business coach kind of jam in between each other. And then on the other side, I have the Fueled with Heart podcast, which we just launched in April, which is a new podcast. And I call it the webinar on the go. So it's short snippets of content about 15 to 20 minutes long. And we typically have, especially for season one, we have downloadables for each episode. So you listen and take action. So there's like a little nugget of information that you can really take action on. And hopefully we'll be able to move your business to the next level or move the business a little bit in the right direction for you. So it's, it's a replacement of our blog. I found that so many people were reading our newsletters, but they're not necessarily taking action because people don't find that, you know, reading blogs is like a catalyst to action. And what we were finding on the creative empire side is that people were taking action. They were seeing results and I want more of that. So we have found that our download numbers are much higher than our blog view numbers on the fuel with heart side. So I think we're going to keep, we're going to keep doing it. Wow. You know what? I love that. Do you, that, that kind of segues into a conversation I've been having off the air, but do you think blogging's dead? You know, I don't think it's dead in so much that a lot of people will have tons of views from Pinterest to their website, to their blogs, and blogging is essential to that, right? It increases our SEO, it increases our tracking, it increases our Pinterest tracking as well. So I don't think it's dead. So I podcast and we connect it to our blog for our show notes so that we have content on there, but truly the writing platform can be a little bit hit or miss. My friend over at Your Content Empire, Haley Dale. She is a master blogger. She writes, you know, 5,000 word blogs and they are so in-depth. They're incredible. And so if it's something that you're passionate about, I think your audience knows it. But for me, my audience knows that I'm a podcaster. So it's so much easier for them to receive me on that podcasting platform. That's actually a great perspective on it because I've been having the conversation lately a lot of thinking that it's definitely taken a turn. And you're right. I agree. If people have an expectation from someone for written words, they're going to go seek that out from that educator. But for me, I'm much more fluid of a speaker. I do enjoy writing, but not educational writing. I love writing for the sake of writing more in the style of a book or essays that would contribute to a a bigger narrative. Uh, But as for educating or teaching, audio or video is much more true to who I am. So Mm -hmm. that's actually a really helpful perspective of saying, no, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's zilch, dead, gone. But I do think, you know, it's, it's case by case. And you're right. Pinterest is quite the website traffic driver. We are diving into that on our end of things. It is, it is a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. It totally is. Well, just to bring it back to the personality thing, I think it really depends on your strengths, right? Like to go back to what am I really good at? What are my natural tendencies? And to say, 
I don't necessarily have to give up blogging because I'm really good at blogging or I am much more prone to show up on video and it's easier for me to do that. So why don't we listen to our natural strengths and go there, figure out other systems that allow our audiences to connect with us there. Oh, you are speaking my language. I love that. Yeah, I've actually really segued into a lot of video and then we do transcribe that into blog posts sometimes and that just and I'm not doing that it's wonderful so what have what have been some of the most fulfilling parts of running your own business and what would be some top tips you'd offer to someone who is kind of in the thick of it they're not necessarily just getting started but they're they're really in this this process of refining their business for it to be something life-giving Yeah. So I think one of the most valuable things to me is when people see the value of working on themselves, not just working on their businesses. And, you know, a lot of my one-on-one clients will come to me for fixing something in their business or, you know, creating a new strategy or how do I launch this? But what I get to work with them on is how do I improve my marriage and how do I make sure that I can take care of my health and be present for my family? And do those things come secondary often to the business questions? But the manifestation of that question turns out to be more personal and to be able to tackle those things, not tackle, to gently, you know, discuss them so that there is some kind of a resolution or some kind of a decision that's made or just exploration that's done we often don't give ourselves that space. So to be able to do that and then see exponential growth in their business is super rewarding. So that's one thing. And then the other thing that I think is so life-giving for me as a business owner is I have baked giving back into my business. If you're a profit first person, you might speak the language of, you know, profit first and then everything else. Um, It's for, for me, it's sort of in that vein. Like as you think of profit, giving is like very much in line with that. So that is something that's very important to me. Giving is baked back into my business, not only in monetary ways, but also with my platform to be able to share things that I'm really passionate about or to share clients that I'm really passionate about, to be able to, you know, use my voice as an amplifier for the things that I'm really excited about in the world. So one of the things that we're doing this year, actually for the past year and a half or so, is to fundraise for our Pencils of Promise School. We're about 90 ish percent done fundraising our $35,000 goal. And we're so excited to be able to build a school in Guatemala and our, our clients, our students, our community has been an integral part of being able to do that. And we're, we're going to build a school together. That is huge, Raina. How cool that you get to be a part of that. Have you found that this is kind of a concept that I love exploring with people in the in the entrepreneurial space, but have you found that generosity, whether it's generosity with your time or your information or your money, have you found that it yields abundance? Because I think it could be, depending on your personality type, abundance speaks much, generosity speaks much more my language, but I think there is a culture of being close-handed and being scared to give too much away. And if I give it all away, no one will be my customer or my client kind of in this online space. And I've actually found the opposite. I've found that generosity yields abundance. Would yeah, you say that's absolutely. pretty true. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think my people actually overcorrect and give too much sometimes, <laughs> um, <laughs> to be frank and honest with you. But Haley Dale, the one that I just mentioned, who's the master blogger, she and I collaborated last summer on a project called Selling with Generosity. And we talked about how if you sell with generosity, with value first, adding lots of value, 
then you're able to cultivate this community of people who get really excited to buy from you and are excited to, you know, work with you. Some of the people who are not my dreamies have asked me, well, don't your clients get upset that you're giving away their investment? And I say, absolutely not. They're so excited to invest in a coach who they were willing to pay the same amount, but are they get excited because they find out that a percentage of their investment with me goes to the school. So they're on the same boat. They're like really jazzed that the money that they're spending on their education or their growth is going towards something that they believe to be, you know, something that's good to do in the world. I love that. And they're, yeah, they're part of something so much bigger than just their journey when they're investing yeah. with you. I love that. Huh? Wow. That is so cool. I have just loved getting to chat and having you on. What would you say to the person who decides they are ready to pivot? Because you obviously had, you know, a career in social work, which I worked for the child support office of Middle Tennessee before I went on my own. So we kind of come from a similar background. And so I, I know the world of social work too. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. And then you went into wedding planning and now you're coaching. You also have podcasts. You have quite a lot going on. And, and as I can look at your journey, it looks like you pivoted a time or two. Can you kind of oh, tell yeah. us about that? <laughs> so there was one time when I was interviewing for a position, I felt desperate and I was interviewing and I had a really lucrative sort of job opening that I was applying for. I went into the interview and the, my husband's military. So my resume looks like I bounced back and forth a lot of different places. I've pivoted quite a bit to say it in a nice way. And the girls there were not impressed. They were saying that I was flighty and there was no commitment and I was not loyal. And it's so interesting to me because I'm a very loyal person. My personality type says that I'm a loyal human being. And once you're in, you're in for life kind of thing. And so these opportunities that I had come my way, I had fulfilled them to the furthest extent I could. And then I switched. And so here's what I would say for people who have started projects and have been told that they're quitters or they feel like they have had to quit things in the past is that often our intuition is very loud. Our intuition tells us that we are ready to move on to the next thing because this is not the right fit. And I think that that is a gift for so many of us that we've been told that it's not a gift. But listening to our intuition allows us to live a more fulfilling life, even if it is not the most popular choice. So even if your mom says that's not the best option for you, or I don't think that's going to make you enough money or whatever the scarcity mindset of somebody else is telling you, listen to that intuition, create a plan around it, and then figure out what's next. I agree. And what about pivoting in your own business? Like with a program, because I, I think it's so important to have this conversation because I think when we do pivot, when we're alone in it, when we don't realize everyone's pivoted at some point, it feels almost like we almost feel a sense of shame Mm -hmm. and like, Oh, I dropped the ball or I clearly, I couldn't get it together. I had to pivot. But I think it's actually a very normal part of running a business. And I think it it needs to be a conversation that you know, normalizes it. And so what would you have to say in, in really the trial and error of running your own business and say, okay, that worked for a season, but it's time to shift gears a little bit that that, that's no longer life giving or it's no longer profitable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love this question so much. So I think that in the first three years of my business, I tried a whole lot of things first of all, to see if anything worked and to determine whether or not it's a good fit for me. And 
I have been known to, you know, start projects on the fly as long as it fits into my calendar, my schedule and, you know, replace other things with that new thing. And, you know, looking back on my trajectory, some things have worked like gangbusters and have sold out and some things have not gotten off the ground. And it tells me I'm on the right path or I'm not and I need to refocus or shift. And so this year, finally, at year three in my business, I feel confident in my messaging. I feel confident in our, in our flagship programs and I feel confident in moving our business forward and not only just like throwing stuff out there, but to refine what we already have. And I don't think it, I don't think I could have gotten to this place if I hadn't thrown a lot of stuff on the wall to try new things, to ask people for feedback. And I launched really quickly. And so I think it takes a lot of doing before you can figure out what your thing truly is and an offer that your dreamy clients will resonate with. But I'm ready to dive in and to figure out what is next and how to take what we already have to the next level. 100%. So would you say that if you look back and what you're doing right now, does it, do you look back and you're like, you know what? I'm so glad for every single thing that did work out and that didn't work out because it paved the way for me to stepping into the fullest expression of doing what you do best. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to just remind people that it's, it sounds so simple as we talk about this, but there are so many moments of doubt in in the launch process, in the creation process. And it's like, is this even valuable? Right. Yeah. And is this something that people are going to want? And is this is this something that's going to stick in my business? And is that, is that something that I need to be worried about? And so there's so many moments that I have reflected on my business and worried. I'm a naturally anxious person. And so I've worried about these things and I look back on, Oh, just another tool that I wanted to mention is that I have this tool called the CEO report. And I have a whole episode on my podcast on the field of uh, field of heart side about this, but like reflecting every Friday on the things that are bringing me anxiety, the things that I'm worried about, the things that are going really awesome and to look back on those reports and saying, okay, now that I've moved past this little anxious point, it was okay. We were doing okay. So just a reminder to your audience that it's not all sunshine and roses and we all have these moments of messy and awkward and anxious as well. Yeah, I think that it can look so glamorous from the outside looking in, but no one is exempt from pain. And yeah. even when things look so perfect in someone's business, we have no idea what their nap, maybe it is perfect in their business, and maybe they're in a season that's full upswing, and we should celebrate that, and we should also understand that everyone's going to have hard times, and it, it's just a normal part of the journey. There's no route to, there's no route that's pain-free which mm-hmm. as a seven, I'd like to believe. So what have you seen working alongside entrepreneurs in this industry that you feel like is something that is that we're stepping into? Like, what do you think is next for the online industry? My hope is that it's a more tailored approach to stop taking these templates, these cookie color cutter, like take my thing and replicate it type of style and really personalizing the experience. I think it's great for business best practices in terms of, you know, fulfilling our, you know, deliverables for our clients to improve the customer experience, as well as to just improve our own health and well-being. I think that when we can listen to our intuition, listen to our own strategy and our own like discernment, 
it creates a better experience for ourselves. So I think just another, you know, perspective on this grow bigger, grow fast thing, just to do it the way that we want to and have a tailor made really feel good business. I agree. So one thing that I know you're passionate about talking about, which I think kind of piggybacks off of this really well, when when right now or current industry standards, and yes, I think we are seeing kind of a different, you know, we're moving into the direction of more tailored made approaches. I think that's why there's these lovely group programs where people can be supported for a, a longer period of time versus mm-hmm. just the quick one-off DIY courses. But one thing I see that you're passionate about is taking a stand for what you believe in. So I would love for you to kind of expand on that and also how to do that when everything says to do it a certain way and you're going against the grain. Yeah. So one of my biggest, actually the first module inside of Profit and Serve is called Heart and Core. And it literally is, what do I stand for? What are my values? Who am I? And what does my brand say? And it's not about like brand messaging necessarily, but getting really quiet with ourselves and saying, who am I really? Taking the time to reflect is a skill. It's a habit that we need to develop. And the exercises that we go through inside of Profit and Serve, inside of Heart and Core, I know that there's so many exercises or like lists that you can check off in terms of what are my core values, but I have gotten such great feedback from the women who have gone through it saying, I have done all these and I've never really resonated with it. And now I feel like I have a set of core values that works for me. And when we can discern what our core values are, it creates a filter for everything we do in our businesses from marketing to the people we interact with to the visibility decisions we make everything and I think that that is something that a lot of people skip because we want to get clients right Right. (laughs) we want to be busy in our businesses and so we skip this sort of unsexy approach of thinking about kind of the foundational things in our business how do we avoid taking clients that go against our core values? Obviously, the answer is saying, I mean, saying no, but I, I have a feeling you have more to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that one of the things you have to balance is knowing that somebody is not a dreamy client and acknowledging that and saying, I'm still taking this client because it's valuable for learning. Or if you're in a place in your business that's a little bit further along, you have other clients coming in, you have to really discern if it's out of scarcity. And If you're okay with that answer that you get from yourself, then cool, move forward with it. But know that this is not a client that you're probably going to be able to spotlight or do a case study on later on. But you're, if you're a little bit further on in your business systems that we have in our in place and make sure that they're, they're going to be somebody who is not only going to be somebody you get really excited to support, but also people who are going to be supporting you on the back end, whether it's through testimonials or shouting you out or, you know, whatever other protocol that you might have. Want absolutely, and I, I found that I mean, I loved your answer in the sense of it, if you're okay with how you answered that, there are seasons where you know it's leaner than others, or you're just getting started, and yeah, you're gonna take the client who may not be your most ideal fit, but that I think you kind of graduate with new seasons into saying, okay we're past the place of taking this kind of client. We don't serve each other very well. <laughs> right. And I think that that's the best, that's, that's the best question, right? Like, is this a good fit for both of us? And if it is, then great. And if it's not, then you have to admit to yourself that this is why you're taking somebody, knowing that it's not necessarily the best fit. Absolutely. So how do you 
bake your core beliefs into the essence of how you run your business. I loved hearing you talk about, you know, mapping out those core values. And a, a word you used a bit was discernment. How do you even discern what your core values are. I think for me, I've learned along the way, like, oh, I, I don't know that I knew that was a huge core value of mine until it was a missed expectation. How would you do yes. that on the front end? Yeah. So I think taking some time to do the reflection is very, very important. One of my biggest and my favorite question is like, what do I want other people to know me as? Or like, and like, what what is the thing that I want people to say about me when I'm out of the room or when I retire or when I'm gone? And is that the legacy you want to leave behind? And our actions speak louder than words. And also another favorite one is when somebody does something that really miffs us, ticks us off, makes us angry. What is that? What is that stepping on? Because when somebody else does something to our friends, our families or to us, that's stepping on a value, right? It shows up and we get really fired up. And if we can dig into that and say, hmm, I wonder what it was about this thing that made me really upset. That's going to point to the value that it's um, trying to highlight. That's a great, that's actually really helpful. And if I, if I think through, you know, things I learned about my core values from missed expectations, I realized I could have asked myself, what do I want to be known for? And probably arrived at those same answers, maybe a little earlier on. <laughs> well, I think it, it takes a little bit of that like time and space to actually do this, right? There's so many other things that we could be doing in our businesses. So reflecting on our core values is not one of them usually. But my case that I like to make to people is that you will save yourself a lot of heartache if you don't skip this step. That is absolutely true. Raina, it has been such a joy having you on. Where can people find your upcoming program? Where can they find you on social media? Where is your podcast? Please share all the links so our people can find you. And of course, we'll link them up. Awesome. So you can find me generally over at rainandco.com forward slash join. If you're interested in the Sunshine Squad, we are going to be letting people in very shortly at thesunshinesquad.com. And I'm really just so excited about that program because I think it's super affordable. First of all, for the first couple hundred people, it's going to be $29 per month. So super affordable. Wow. I love yeah. that. We want to make it accessible and just a safe space for people to really think about their businesses and think about themselves. They are in this season of life. Um, also profitandserve.com is a great place to go. If you're interested in that program, we currently have it on waitlist, but we cannot wait to open it up next year because of all the awesome testimonials we're getting. So can't wait to connect with your audience. Also, I'm always on Instagram. So coming out over at rain and company on Instagram, somebody stole rain and co. So they're just sitting on it, but oh, <laughs> you can go find me over there. Thank you so much for joining us. And I am so glad to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Oh,